as a body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Challenging words. The other passage is back in Matthew. And it's Matthew chapter 14. Uh, And it's when Jesus walks on water and Peter gets to join him. Matthew 14, beginning at verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat was already a considerable considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognised Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak. And all who touched him were healed. How long would you like me to preach for this evening? Two days? I can, I can just keep going. I'm a Baptist pastor, so once I've got a microphone, the word of God... We can just keep on keeping on, because that's what we do. If you, do you normally like to go home at a certain time? Kids have got to sleep, that sort of thing. It's half term. Oh, well, that's fine then. It's half term. Oh. As long as I like. That's amazing. Well, as long as the Spirit leads. Um, there we go. Can I pray for us before um, we look in more depth at, at these words? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you that we can gather together. And whether we speak the same language or different languages, we are part of the same family. And we long to meet with you. We long to hear from you. And so this evening, would the words that I speak be of you? Would you speak to us via your spirit that we might draw closer to you and that we might go from this place transformed because we've heard from the living God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. 
There's various things that I always have to remember to do when I'm preaching in a church that is not my own. Although it's kind of, it is my own, but it's not my own. And that's to bring greetings and to say welcome and hello and mahaba. Yeah, I tried to Google it, but I wasn't sure. I was like, Google Translate. Anyway, from, from Usley Baptist Church. From those that gather in the morning and at different times in the week to say, we love the fact that you are meeting here. Um, and um, we feel, we feel honoured and privileged that you are here. Um, and we hope that kind of events and times like we gathered at Christmas for the carols, that we will find other ways where we can worship together, fellowship together, do mission together, whatever that looks like. But... We're also aware that sometimes it takes a bit of time because we've got to get used to kind of maybe there's different ways of doing things and you might have to get used to us. And so we want to, we want to think long term, not just, hey, we don't know how long you guys will be here before. We're going to take advantage. We've got like six months. Let's plow on. We like to think kingdom and we like to think long term. So my hope is that over the next year or two, we'll, get, we'll find ways of meeting together. Uh, and doing some of those things. But these passages, this word from God. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Another way of looking at this passage is to kind of twist it upside down. And to say, okay, so if you can know my faith by my deeds... That means whatever it is I do shows you already what my faith is in. So if I just stayed at home, sit on the sofa, lounge about, take it easy, you'd probably go, Rich, you're really lazy. If you, if you really listen to God and the stuff in his word that talks about going out, making disciples. What sort of faith is that? If I was to just always, always be going, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? I've got to tell you about Jesus. And like every conversation I ever had was like, do you know Jesus? People would be like, okay, we get the message. You want us to know about Jesus? That's great, but... But you know, can you talk about something else? Because like, I've got bills to pay and I've got to like, get the kids to school and you just keep going, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? If I just sang worship songs, I've got a feeling God would be a bit like my wife. Now I do play the guitar. Occasionally I might have a go at writing a song. Uh, and, and if I was to you know, sing a nice love song to my wife, she'd go, that's really lovely. It'd be special and we'd have a little moment. And ah. If I only sang love songs to my wife, she would get frustrated. Because she'd say, do you know what? I know you love me, but the washing up needs doing. I know you love me, but could you hoover the house? I know you stop singing and look after the kids. See, the things we do show something about who we are and where we put our faith. Some of us work too hard, even pastors. And we're doing 
as pastors, we do stuff and it's all for the church, it's all for God. And sometimes actually we need to step back and say, actually, I'm putting my faith in myself. I'm not allowing God to work because I'm doing too much. I'm not allowing others to grow in their faith because I'm doing it all. And so actually what it demonstrates is I've got faith in my own abilities, but I don't have faith in others and I don't have faith in God. I love this passage in Matthew. It follows after Jesus has just fed the 5,000. And the disciples had come to him and said, uh, we're in a remote place. This is, it's getting late. You should send everyone away. They should go home because they need to eat. And Jesus has said to them, well, they don't need to go away. They don't need to go away. Give them some food. You see, the disciples were doing that thing. They were going, well, we're not trusting in God. We're, we're trusting in ourselves and in ourselves we haven't got food so actually do you know what if you if we send them away they can go and get fed and the people were relying on themselves because they know that they could go home and get fed and Jesus says well what have we got and then he does the wonderful act of breaking the bread and the fish and it gets passed round and it feeds everyone and then they have plenty of leftovers I have never been in that situation if you have I would love to hear about it I have never been in a place where there was this big gathering of people and someone said hey I'm getting hungry yes so am I so am I and then someone said well it's okay because I've got I don't know what the modern equivalent would be maybe they'd go well I've got fish and chips I bought it for myself we could share it. Okay, it won't go. F- oh, it's going. Everyone's having fish and chips. How did that work out? So you can imagine the sense of excitement and awe that the crowds are in, that the disciples are in, and then Jesus says, "Okay, it's getting late now. Tell you what, guys. You 12, there's, there's a boat. You go to the other side of the lake. We're going to get away. I'm going I'm to get rid of the crowds. See, if it was me, I'd say, I'm going to get away. And you guys get rid of the crowds. Because that would have been easier. Because they were there to see Jesus. They weren't there to see the disciples. It would have been much easier if Jesus got in the boat and sailed off and got some quiet and some privacy. And the disciples went, no, he's gone now. It's time to go home. We'll be back tomorrow. Same sort of time. Because that's what we would do. But Jesus messes with that. And he's like, no, you guys go. I'm going to get rid of them. I don't know how Jesus then gets rid of the crowd. We don't know that bit. But he goes up on a mountainside by himself to pray. And he was alone. And the boat has sailed off. I say sailed. I don't know if they rode or sailed or how it got to where it was. But it's in the middle of the lake. And it's being buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. So there's, you know, it's not the smoothest ride. The disciples, some of them, 
were fishermen. They were used to the water. Some of them weren't, because they were tax collectors. But we get the impression that maybe it's not a storm, but the wind's against them, and it's not the easiest journey. And then Jesus goes, I'm just going to go meet them. I'll just head on out. Comes down from the mountainside and walks across the water. And as the disciples see him, and I'm not surprised that they are terrified. Because if I was in the middle of a lake, on a boat, at night, and a figure started walking towards me, I think I'd be afraid. Because that's impossible. It shouldn't happen. And Peter does something very strange. Because if I was in the boat and being all terrified, I don't think I'd say, hey, Jesus, if it's really you, call me out. I'd say, Jesus, if it's really you, get a bit closer so we can see you. Let's have a conversation and let's talk. And then maybe you get in the boat and we'll be okay. My first thought isn't, prove it, Jesus, call me out the boat. And so, Peter does what he does. Jesus says, okay, come. Peter does. Even if I'd set the challenge to Peter, I don't... Even if I'd been Peter and set that challenge to Jesus, I don't think I'd have actually climbed out. I still have been like, no, if it's you... Oh, you've really called me out? Hmm. Okay. Hmm. No, don't be silly. It's not going to work. But Peter, being Peter... He's off out the boat. He's not even thinking at this point. He's like, well, hey! Now he climbs. And for a moment, he's walking on water. And he's not God. He's not the son of God. He he isn't the saviour and messiah. This, This is one of us. This is a man that wasn't born of a virgin, Mary. Hasn't done all these other miraculous things. But Peter still walks on the water. And I don't know what his head was doing at that moment. Whether there was just excitement. I don't know what the disciples were feeling that were left in the boat. And then he takes his eyes off Jesus. And he doubts. And suddenly he sees the waves... He feels the wind. He realises this shouldn't be happening. And he starts to sink. Well, the kind of... As a child, the way I read it was, he started to sink. And it's kind of like the slow motion. He's sinking and Jesus can get to him and pull him out. I suspect, actually, he just started... Like, he... Boom! He's in the water going... And he cries out, Jesus... Will you come and save me? Lord, save me. And Jesus does. He pulls, reaches out to him and Jesus pulls him, gets hold of him, pulls him up. They get back in the boat and then they sail off to the other side of the lake. When they get to the other side of the lake, people recognize Jesus and they come to him and they want to touch his garment. And I wonder... 
where you are in that story today. Perhaps, perhaps you're like one of those 5,000. You've just seen, been part of this wonderful miracle where you've been fed somehow by this tiny amount of food. And then you watch the disciples sail away and Jesus disappears and you're left kind of going, that was, that was amazing, but where's everyone gone? What happened? And you kind of go back to your normal life, head off home, and you leave Jesus on the hillside. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're like one of the faithful disciples. You got in the boat because Jesus told you to get in the boat. And you stayed in the boat because Jesus didn't tell you to get out of the boat. Until you get to the far side of the lake. So you witness Peter getting out and you go through the terrifying feelings and you see Peter almost drown and then get back in the boat. But actually you've been in the boat the whole time. And it's been a bit choppy and... But actually it's relatively safe. But you're still following Jesus' instruction. There's no problem with that because you're following Jesus. Out of the 12 disciples, only one of them went, well if it's Jesus, I'm going to walk on water too. The other 11 didn't. The other 11 were faithful in following what Jesus had told them to do. And they may have witnessed some miracles. They saw what happened to Peter. But they didn't experience what happened to Peter. And maybe, maybe you see others in their faith and you think, man, they're going, they've just got a faith that's not like mine. They get all sorts of really exciting things happen to them. They've witnessed miracles. They've experienced a healing. They speak in tongues. They... Have prophecies. I don't have any of that. And maybe you get a bit jealous. I've been through that. I remember when I first heard about the idea of being of healings and prophecies and tongues, and I saw people experience these things. I was like, I want some of that. That's exciting. And I realized that I wanted it for the wrong reasons. I wanted it because I wanted it. Not because God wanted to give it to me and had a purpose in giving it to me. I wanted it for me. So I could go, how cool is it? Healed. Healed. And everyone would go, wow, Rich is amazing. He heals people. And I'd say, yes. No, I mean, no, it's God. I'd say it was, you know, I'd get caught up in it. Actually, the 11 disciples, they were faithful to Jesus by following what he told them to do. And they stayed in the boat. Some of us are called to stay in the boat. And to keep it steady and to do whatever's necessary. And we might have a purpose at a later point. But at the moment we're just called to stay in the boat. That's okay. Maybe at the moment you're in the boat. Be reassured it's okay to be in the boat. And then there's Peter. He's not like the rest of them. But you see, Peter... When Peter met Jesus the first time, when Peter was called by Jesus to follow him, what happened was, I think it was his mother-in-law was unwell. And so Peter's first meeting with Jesus 
was he met Jesus and he said, my mother-in-law is unwell. Will you come and see her? And so Jesus goes to Peter's house and Jesus heals her. So, so Peter's very first experience of Jesus was a miracle. The way that Peter comes to faith is through a miracle. So of course the way that he's reacting and engaging with Jesus is he's all about the miracles. He's got a real, he needs the miracles because that's how he met Jesus. And he really believes in the miracles because he's experienced them. First hand he's seen his mother-in-law get well. And then he witnesses other things as well. So it's no doubt that Peter's the one that goes, okay, if it's you, I want to come out there. And he does. And maybe you're a bit like Peter in that moment. Actually, life is pretty good right now. There's been some rough patches. It's been a bit choppy. But at the moment, you feel like you're walking on the water. You're up there kind of going, this is wonderful. This shouldn't be possible. Jesus has brought me from... A place where there was no food, through some choppy waters, and here I am standing on the water. Wow! So maybe that's where you are at the moment. And that's an okay place to be as well, because Jesus has called you there. If you're trying to walk on the water when Jesus hasn't called you to walk on water, it probably won't work out so well. But when Jesus calls you and says, come, that's the time to step out in faith, to do the thing that is absolutely impossible. And I'm not saying you're actually, you know, going to leave this evening, it's going to rain, there'll be a flood and you get to be the one that like wanders across, not worrying about it. It's going to be something else. I don't know where you are as a church. I don't know how much faith it came to ask us to come and worship here or what your bigger goals and dreams and ambitions are. I don't know what you've got going on in your personal lives. Whether you're thinking, do I go for that job? Don't I go for that job? Should I quit my job? Or... The important thing is that you don't step out too early. Because if Peter had gone, hey, you know what? Jesus isn't here wonder if I can walk on water. Wouldn't have worked. It was the moment that Jesus called him to walk on water. That was the time. And then, of course, he doubted. And he started to drown. It's okay to doubt as well. Sometimes we think as Christians that we shouldn't have doubts. That we should be so... We know Jesus, therefore we don't have doubts. Actually, the thing about faith is that we step out even when we have a doubt. We believe even when we have a doubt and we go, I've been singing these songs, I've been coming to church heard the Bible stories they've even preached but that just sounds impossible I've heard this other stuff now I'm coming from this perspective other things are happening I'm just not sure I'll be honest I have doubts I've been to Bible college that gave me more doubts than anything the thing about faith is even when we have doubts 
We step out in faith. And even when that doubt causes us to feel like we're drowning, and maybe in your life you feel like you're drowning, because life has just got too much. Stuff is happening. You feel like you're sinking, or maybe the best you're doing is treading water. And when we call out to Jesus, Lord, save me. It doesn't say, Jesus waited around to see what would happen. It doesn't say, well, you know what? Hey, guys in the boat, could you just throw him a life boy? It says, immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. He didn't leave it for others. He didn't expect Peter to swim to the boat. Immediately, he reached out. We need to realise that when we feel like we're drowning, when we call out to Jesus, and you see when Peter called out to Jesus, I suspect he refocused. And he wasn't just going, Jesus, wherever you are. I think he went, I have this image of them catching eyes. And him going, Jesus, trying to keep above the water. And in that moment, when his eyes get fixed on Jesus and he cries out and immediately Jesus pulls him back. And then Jesus rebukes him and said, you have little faith, what's going on? You think, that's a bit harsh. He's just walked on water. But he doubted. But he doesn't say, you have little faith. Why do you doubt? I've had enough of you lot. I'm going to walk off because I can, because I'm Jesus. He could have carried on and just left them to it. Jesus stuck with them. He stuck with the faithful ones in the boat. He stuck with Peter who doubted. He stuck with them. And they continued to the other side. And those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly you are the son of God. And then they get to the other side. And when of that, men of that place recognised Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. Perhaps where you are today is, you're one of the people that's on the other side. And you go, hey, kind of recognise Jesus? I'm going to tell some others and call them over? Is this, isn't that Jesus? And you're going to spend your time introducing folk to Jesus. And that's what you do and you're good at it. Maybe you're one that is either bringing somebody who is sick. Or maybe you are the sick person that needs to be brought. Because people brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak. And all who touched him were healed. And of course we could talk about the physical healing. Maybe it's a disease of some kind. Maybe it's an illness. But actually maybe it's our spirit. Maybe it is our spiritual life that is unwell. That is diseased. That is sick. And actually we, we need to just touch the hem 
of Jesus' garment. We don't need a big kind of blast of the Holy Spirit. Just need to touch him. Just, just, just the edge of his garment. Not even like a big hug, not a full laying on of hands. Actually, we just need to touch him. We need to reach out. Because all who touched him were healed. So perhaps you're one of those people. And when you've come to church this evening, you kind of go through the motions because we come and we sing and it's wonderful. I've enjoyed the worship even though I didn't understand a word of it. But perhaps you know that you're sitting in the boat and you should be getting out. Perhaps you were on the shore and you should have been in the boat. Maybe you need to reach out and touch Jesus because you're sick. Maybe you're doubting and drowning. Or maybe you're like the next people because some of the Pharisees and teachers of the law come to Jesus from Jerusalem and they ask some questions. And Jesus In Matthew 15, verses 7 to 9, says, You hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honour me with their lips, but your hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. And perhaps you're going through the motions. You're honouring God with your lips. But your heart is far from God. And if that's you, I suggest that you're a bit like one of those sick folk that's mentioned at the end that needs to reach out and just touch the edge of Jesus' garment. Or actually, maybe that feels impossible. And like the others who were there, you need someone to bring you. You need someone to recognise that you are far from God. That you're singing the songs and it all looks lovely. But actually, on the inside, you're far away. And you need some kind of touch from God because you need healing. The passage from James says, Faith without work is dead. Each of the people that are mentioned in the passage in Matthew, engaged with Jesus. They all saw him, they all experienced him. Each of them, we learn something about their faith and their trust in Jesus. Because of their actions. It's not their works that save them, but it's their works that show us what their faith is. the way that we act that show others who Jesus is and what our faith is all about. So I want to encourage you this evening. If you're in a place where you need to faithfully get in the boat and sail with Jesus, 
get in the boat and sail with Jesus. If you're in the boat and Jesus is saying, it's time, you've got to get out now. I've got something new for you. It's time to get out. If he's not saying that, don't get jealous about the people that are. If you feel like you're drowning, call out to Jesus. If perhaps you're sick or you know someone who is, come or bring them to Jesus. And worship him. Not with your lips. But worship with your whole heart. Because when we do that, our insides change. And our outsides express the transformation of the heart. 